0: It's time for WrestleTalk's Match of the Year 2022. I am Luke Owen, i I'm joined by Chopper Pete Quinnell. I'm joined by Tempest. And welcome to the WrestleTalk Podcast. Please do subscribe. Press the thumbs up button if this is your first time here. Well, actually, if there's not, always press the thumbs up button. But if it's the first time here and you haven't already... Subscribe. Uh, thank you so much for tuning into this, and thank you for your wonderful reactions to our Wrestler of the Year 2022. We were supposed to record these weeks ago, mm. uh, but unfortunately, Pete and I got COVID. Yes, uh, and then Tempest was ill last mm-hmm. week, uh, and we last week we had to record all the stuff that we didn't get recorded the week before, as we had to record that week. So we're recording these much later than we had planned. And there's also been train
3: strikes and a lot of snow and a lot of things that have just caused a lot of disturbances but it
1: means a lot of snow
0: (laughs) Ah, in
3: fairness
1: one day of like an inch of snow and the city shut down in
0: fairness i live in kent and we don't have Mm. urban heat which means we had like eight inches of snow and that snow lasted for a full week yeah because it just melted then refroze then melted and refroze i was skidding all over the show trying mm -hmm. to get into car
3: parks and for the uk is a lot of it's a snow. lot of snow we
0: don't know how to deal
3: with no, it no that's <laughs> the, you see one snowflake and it's trains have been shut down no yeah. one
0: knows what to do yeah but it also means that we got to hear some feedback to the wrestler of the year 2022 and a few people pointed out that I forgot to give my stats for mm. wrestler of the year I teed up I had some stats about AEW mm. that I was going to reveal at the end of the show and then I forgot mm. so if you haven't watched already link in the video description down below go and watch our wrestler of the year 2022 here here or here are those stats. Uh, spoilers yeah, yeah. for the
3: episode. If you haven't seen it, go watch the episode Spoil- first.
0: Spoilers for the episode. Yeah, yeah I would yeah. say so. But in 2021, there were six AEW wrestlers in the top 10 mm-hmm. that did not make it into the top 15 Oof. this year. Okay. And that includes Kenny Omega, who was mm. last year's number two, who oh, got 106 points. Mm. This year got. Yeah four
1: that, that's uh, fair he was, he, out. Like, he was out it was out for he yeah. had like yeah. four matches by the time that we had the the voting and yeah. everything it's, and like he came
3: back and then got suspended and then came back again yeah. so yeah. it's like he has really hasn't had that much time
0: also missing out much of the year which is why he missed out on the nominations i would guess adam cole baby mm-hmm. yeah adam page yeah Did yeah really well in the
1: nominations in 2021 but that's mm. a bit more surprising considering he spent the first half of the year as world champion Yeah. And And a solid enough world champion, too. I know a lot of people, yeah, a lot of people. A lot of people tend to kind of look back maybe less than favorably on that run just because there wasn't as much stuff of substance during yeah. it. But, I mean, he had great matches throughout.
0: Yeah. CM Punk, I think for obvious reasons. So, mm-hmm. Ollie was upset that he did not make it into the top 10. He sure was. Uh, Britt Baker did not make it into the top 10 this year. There's yeah. a bit
1: of Britt Baker fatigue I think going on so well. with the fan base, I think.
0: Yeah. And the other name that did not make it into the top 15, Eddie Kingston. Did really well in 2021, and actually, when you think about it, it had a really good start. Yeah.
3: So it, 2022, it was, it was a good start. That's and the then they just didn't do anything
0: afterwards.
1: Yeah, he got three points. I three think that's the biggest three. indictment of AEW is that one in particular, yeah. because that was they one had kept, vote. I just check that was one vote he got. If they had kept the Eddie Kingston versus Claudio thing going after Blood and Guts and just had that be the continuation of what they wanted to do, I would be certain he would be on this list.
0: Yeah, 100%. But anyway, it is time to count down our 10 best matches of 2022 as voted for by the crew of WrestleTalk, our website writers, our editing team, our $100 backers over on Patreon, and influencers from the wrestling world. So thank you all so much for those who did submit their nominations. It's a very simple structure someone did comment on the on the best resident being like your system's very complicated <laughs> and like I don't know how easy it could be you nominate and you get points yeah I mean, that's how all nominations work
1: yeah the way, vote, it, and we tally them up, and it. then we present them. Yeah,
3: I, and I'd also say, if we had a much larger voting base, we could just do just do one vote, but because there's what, 30? There's 30, 34. 30, 34 people that, that vote a total, it's good to have, like, a, a range of things, because otherwise it's just gonna be like, this person got 25 votes, and this person got 3, <laughs> yeah. and that's
0: it. That's everybody's votes, done. So the way it works <laughs> is people submitted to me, all of the nominators submitted to me their f- top five matches. Mm-hmm. Your number one match got five points, your number two match got four points, so on and so forth. I have totaled all of those scores up, someone left a comment on yesterday's video. I will stop bringing out the comments, but someone left a comment on this video saying, like, you can see that this is Luke's favorite video of the year because he gets really giddy about it. Yes. and I do.
1: And show, but it's,
0: yeah, it's fun. I get to make a Google Sheet and everything. <laughs> <laughs> so, here are the five matches that missed out on the top five spot mm. in at number 15. Uh, top top ten. Top You're absolutely ten. right. Sorry, yes. Pete. You're absolutely yes. correct. Uh, getting eight points mm-hmm. uh, across various nominations. The Elite versus Dark Order from AEW All Out mm. for the Trios Championship. Mm-hmm. Also missing out in 14th place with nine points. One top level nomination. Jordan Grace versus Masha Slamovich from Bound for Glory.
1: Shout out to Impact. Absolutely. My Wrestler of the Year, Mike Bailey.
0: Yeah. <laughs> also earning themselves nine points. One top level nomination in that. FTR versus Aussie Open from Royal Ooh, Quest.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean,
0: outside of the Briscoes matches, probably the best tag match in in the country, actually in the world, because it was, it yeah. was here in the UK.
1: I have watched all of the uh, top rated tag matches of the year for the list of every five star match that will be coming out probably today as we're recording this. I don't know when we're, when this video is going to be going live, <laughs> but I can pretty comfortably say that it is the best non-Brisco's FTR match. Yeah,
0: it's so, so great. Yeah. Uh, in at number 12 with 10 points, including one top level nomination. And who'd have thunk this? Roman Reigns versus Logan Paul oh, from Crown
1: <laughs> Jewel. Yeah, I mean, yep. that's fair. <laughs> it was
0: a surprisingly
1: really good match. Yeah. When when you guys always talk about like your favorite viewing experience matches of the year and like the Jackass match comes mm-hmm. up very often, I think that's mine. <laughs> yeah, watching that live reactions with Ollie and we're just like, this match just keeps getting better. How is this possible?
0: <laughs> Every time the conversation came up of like, I think Logan Paul's uh, buckshot is better than Hangman Pages, and I really wanted to be no, it's not, no, it's not. And then I watch, I'm like, yeah, it is though, it isn't, is, it? Though, isn't <laughs> it? It probably oh, is though, isn't it? no! <laughs> Yeah, uh, and at number eleven with eleven nom- uh, with eleven points, mm. it's nearly made it into the top ten. In fact, it was tied with number ten, but mm. number ten did get one top level nomination, which pushed it above. Mm. Roman Reigns versus Drew McIntyre from Clash at the Castle. Valid, such Ballad. a great match. Yeah, banging,
3: es- banging, especially match. the karaoke bit at the end. It's <laughs> <That's> my favorite. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Oh, uh, if they just cut the pay per view feed yeah, like yeah. five cut the minutes feed. earlier, cut the feed. absolutely.
0: So here is the official top ten Wrestle Talk matches of the year. In at number ten from Triple A's Triple Mania Thirty, Villano Four versus L.A. Park, with three nominations, including
1: one top level nomination. Oh, you started Lions. saying Triple A, and I was thinking of like five other matches before that one, but. Shout out to a well educated voting base. Yeah, uh, that a is nice, a wide variety of hmm. matches and promotions represented.
0: I could tell you exactly who those three nominations were as well. It was Steve Larson and The Enforcer. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah it checks
0: out it yeah. checks out and i love them all for it yeah but i'm i'm really pleased to see that it made it onto this list as well because i think there are some matches in the city with like you know the grace slamovich match that mm-hmm. kind of fly under the radar mm-hmm. sometimes because we are so focused on aew wwe and nxt and this and the other so i'm really glad to see this got here onto the top 10.
1: yeah yeah shout out I, to i haven't
3: seen it so i can't comment <laughs> shout out
1: to uh viano for losing his mask this year that is going in a list that'll be coming out at the last week of the year what a moment there's a there's a shot of Penta hold, with his mask ripped and covered in blood, holding up Vianopor's mask. So it's cool. like the coolest shot of the whole yeah, year. So cool.
0: In at number nine with twelve points, four nominations, including one top level nomination. The Bloodline versus the Brawling Brutes, June McIntyre and Kevin Owens inside of War Games. I think this is one of the examples of this is storyline over match quality mm-hmm. for
3: sure. I also think it's recency bias for this one possibly i I think that romans had better matches for this year and i think the match itself was largely fine but the storyline beats of it are they get to such high highs that it just
0: it overrules everything else the final seven minutes might be like the best final seven Mm -hmm. minutes of any wwe match this year and the post match of Uso hugging sammy
3: is like one of the best moments of the year for me which is wild
1: i was gonna say like we often say that the finish of the match is the most important part and it will leave the biggest impression on people who see it i think this is the peak example of that this year where it's like again the match was it was a good match the action is fine they still get the baby face heel thing a little bit too messed up for my liking but the last few minutes of that match elevate it like a full star and a half over where it would mm-hmm. be otherwise and i think that is what people are going to remember the most and therefore you could say that it did its job very well yeah i mean i agree with pete
0: i think the the drew and paul matches were better than the war games mm-hmm. match but neither of them had the drama i mean the mm-hmm. drew match had the incredible drama because we were there like you know clash of the cast so we had our big live show that we did had
3: Solo sokoa debuting and the solar sokoa thing like,
0: like that is the best atmosphere i've ever been in as part of like a wrestling fan base like the theory coming down to get knocked out knocked out by tyson fury like really good so good but arguably i think the final again that final seven minutes of the war games match with all the owens and Sami Zayn stuff Mm -hmm. is just beyond great and i'm i can see why it got as many nominations as it did Mm. but also i can see like why it's as low down as it is Mm -hmm. because like yeah, yeah the drama was incredible but it was not for me it was not match of the year like i don't think this was in my top five but i did have that moment where i was like i don't know dude because like your reaction to those final seven minutes were like and i mean i went back and watched your live reactions Mm. to it and all of us like edge of your seat Mm -hmm. type stuff that for me is one of those moments it's like character work and story overwrite Mm -hmm. work rates absolutely into into getting into the top 10 yeah in at number eight, speaking of work rates, with five nominations, but no top-level nominations, mm. which means this was high on a lot of people's lists, but not number one, Orange Cassidy versus Will Ospreay from Forbidden Door, arguably the only match on the card that had the true dream match billing. Because I know the main event was Moxley-Tanahashi, but that mm. was supposed to be punk-Tanahashi. And we didn't get Danielson- um, Zack Sabre Jr. because ended up being Claudio. Zack Sabre Jr. as which, a
1: mystery opponent. As a mystery yeah. opponent, did so not you didn't build know... that way. Exactly.
0: Yeah. yeah. So this for me was the only true AEW New Japan Dream match crossover mm-hmm. because we couldn't get Osprey versus Omega because we're getting that at Wrestle Kingdom instead. And then when they announced it was Cassidy, I know there was a lot of people that were like, oh, that's kind of all the things to do with Ross. I know Ollie was really down on it being like mm-hmm. of all the things you could have done with Will Osprey, and I'm like, no, this is the thing to do with Will Osprey because. This is the match no one expects to see. Mm -hmm. It's that, you know, when they announced a few years back before COVID ruined it, Suzuki versus Cassidy, and everyone was like, Mm. that's the match, right? Like that. And I know, still shaking my fist. I was so into this match, all the build for this. And then the match itself for me was just everything I wanted it to be. I loved this match so much. It's kind of wild that on a match with such
3: high caliber, like dream match stakes matches build like you know the 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 four-way moxie tanahashi all these like huge like grandiose things it's the osprey cassidy match so everyone goes probably match of the night <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's such a good match though oh, it, it was absolutely perfect in terms of pacing showcasing i think to a to a, a north american audience that might not have been as familiar with someone like osprey a perfect showcase for osprey because i know i so- saw a lot of people on social media at the time being like man i haven't really watched osprey before like i've heard like he's good and everything but damn, he's great, isn't he? I'm like, yeah, <laughs> he's really good.
1: Yeah. It, was, it was a really good showcase for both the guys. It was such a perfect match. I think it's funny as well, because we talk about the the previous match, the War Games match, and how the finish and then the post-match and everything kind of builds into the lasting impact that people have, because I know our biggest reaction to the whole show was the Jey Uso and Sami Zayn hug afterwards. Mm. Right after this match, we get the Shibata moment, yep, yeah. which is... I think my craziest live reaction that I've had on this channel. Um, but it's funny on a number of levels to me because I am someone who's fortunate to watch a lot of like the top level matches of the year from like a work rate perspective. And this, I think, is one of the best matches that we've seen on pay-per-view in North America or wherever. But I've probably seen like 10 Will Osprey matches that from a work rate perspective, oh, yeah. I would say are higher than this one. Mm-hmm. But again, it goes into like the atmosphere of it, being in a building with people that are losing their minds. That's it. That atmosphere adds so much to it. And obviously, this is the one that more people will have been able to see because it's on an American pay-per-view and everything. So it's just funny to me what puts certain things above it. But still, I thought this this was Orange Cassidy's best match of the year. I thought it was one of the best AEW matches of the year. And even still, one of Will Ospreay's best matches of the year.
3: Literally just had a thought orange cassidy could be in the conversation in like top 10 top 15 wrestlers of the year he has had some bangers this year
0: i can tell you he got one point in <laughs> the nominations
3: literally just thought and i was like since he's won that all Atlantic title which granted was a little bit later but like he's a really good match since he's become champion like he's defended that thing a lot yeah and he's had some mm-hmm. really good matches with that
0: like it's you never go into an orange cassidy match coming out of it being like well that was bad Mm. Like it very rarely happens to be like, that was a bad Orange Cassie match. They're yeah. always really good. Yeah. But yeah. he's a guy, I think, that sort of fl- flies under the radar mm. a lot. Yeah. I we, think, like, like an Eddie Kingston would have done until he had like the real emotional stuff that he had in mm-hmm. 2021 that yeah, I yeah, think yeah. raised a lot of his nominations up. And I think that's the thing he's been missing this year. Yeah. Certainly in the second half of the year, anyway.
1: We would talk a lot when we were doing the Rampage reviews uh, a year ago. Where you would get matches like Orange Cassidy versus Jack Evans and things, and those would be the matches where you wouldn't have the Orange Cassidy cares, comes out of his shell, and does, you know, the Orange Cassidy stuff that we know is great. It would be the aloof match. And if it's just a singles match, a lot of the time that wouldn't connect as well. But I think they phased that out significantly this year, mm-hmm. and thus. Every time you see Orange Cassidy wrestling, it is like a blow away match of the night-esque performance. I think that's just great for him. If he continues to do that next year, I think he could be in the top 10.
0: In at number seven, with 14 points across three nominations, including two top level nominations, Death Triangle versus The Elite from AEW Full Gear for the trios championships.
1: Yeah, yeah on my wayward side. Oh,
0: I mean, you're on my reaction when we did the live reactions for it. Well, like it's, I I mean, of course this match was going to be great. Like I said, this is in the lead up to it, but it's Lucha Bros and De- uh, Young Bucks have had some of the best matches in AEW history and Pac and Omega have some of the best matches in AEW mm-hmm. history. So all six of them together, mm-hmm. it's probably going to be great. And it was so, so good though. Later on in the show when they announced, Oh yeah, we're gonna do this six more times, mm. me and you were like, Brilliant, let's do it ten more times. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> and every week they've been doing this on TV Bar, like, you know, I think they had one week off from it, but and every week they've been doing it, I'm like, I can't believe this is still so new and innovative. And Ollie pointed out to me, and that's something I hadn't really considered because it still feels like it's one long match that we're getting. It's just different chapters of that same mm-hmm. match. Mm-hmm. So I I and this for me, that that opener, I think is probably my favorite one of the three probably until we get to the ladder match should it get to seven <laughs> and, <laughs> which, it will. which it will well we don't know for sure but yeah. but should it get to seven i think the ladder match might end up being like that'll be the craziest one that they do i loved 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 this full gear match it was so special and like i think for me because this was in my top five mm-hmm. it was the rewarding thing of i've missed the elite yeah they were gone for so much of the year because of Omega's hurt. Uh, you know, Omega was being hurt. And the Young Bucks were like tag champs, but I never really felt like they
1: were tag champs. Well, they were tag champs for like two weeks. Exactly.
0: They had for, like a hot minute. And it didn't really feel like they had their big feud. We were all sort of sitting there waiting for the FTR feud that never came. Mm-hmm. It was always... the
1: Undisputed Era feud that
0: we never mm-hmm. got. We, we would, yeah. It just felt like we were sat there waiting for Kenny to come back. And then Kenny finally came back, and then they all, th- all three of them got suspended. So it, it felt like we haven't had all three of them for the, almost the entirety of the year. So them coming out and coming out to carry on my wayward son, it really felt like this cathartic release of like, I've got my boys back. And it was so much fun just watch them wrestle again. And Mm -hmm. every week they've been doing this on Dynamite. And like, I think it comes off the back of this match. I write in my notes, I'm so glad I get to see these guys wrestle again Mm because I really missed this. For me, this was
3: one a fantastic match just straight up like the actual wrestling involved in the match was great because these six are fantastic but for me what elevates this match even higher is the atmosphere surrounding it and oh, yeah. the the uh the return of the elite as you mentioned the carry on my, my wayward son the fact that death triangle one one <laughs> <Yep>. did not <laughs> was see it like, coming everyone just went huh <laughs> <laughs> after this because everyone was just like okay you're the placeholders till the elite win it and then death triangle one you go, "Oh my god." And then they announce the best of seven you go, "Oh my god." And that helps elevate this match even higher to a plane like that I don't think people expected coming out of this.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, I what more can you really say about it? It you could go through like the list of moves <laughs> and spots and everything, but it's almost counterproductive because it's just like they are Arguably, the two best trios in the world at the moment, and you can make arguments for others House of Black, you know, United Empire, whatnot. But these guys are the two best AEW trios and have had extensive history with one another. It's probably the best tag team rivalry that you've had in AEW between the Young Bucks and the Lucha Brothers. It is one of the best singles rivalries that you've had in AEW and Kenny Omega and Pac. But we hadn't had a chance to really see the two trios go against each other for an extended period of time. And so just as a match on a pay-per-view, immediately that boosted our, our enjoyment and excitement of Full Gear, just at the moment that they announced it. And then they delivered because we knew that they would. It just, it it almost feels to me like these type of matches get taken for granted because there's so many of them that are so great a lot of the time but this one was really special
0: speaking of special in at number six with 22 points across eight nominations but no top level Bianca Belair versus Becky Lynch from Wrestlemania for the Raw Women's Championship easily the best women's match across Wrestlemania weekend Mm -hmm. and for my money i I, I, mean, I think i said this on the on the over the weekend oh, that was match of the weekends outside of the obvious better, but like, better than Sammy's Zayn versus johnny well, apart from that <laughs> apart from that obviously because that that is that is match of the year but, <laughs> but aside from that uh, from an actual like wrestling perspective yeah. this was my match of the wrestlemania weekend mm-hmm. i thought this these two for all of the hype and build that they had going into this and like this was the culmination of their feud as well even though it still went on for a few months afterwards, which I felt kind of dragged it down somewhat. This, for me, was the big payoff to starting it at SummerSlam the previous year. And I thought these two absolutely knocked it out of the park, really brought it, and made it feel like that special WrestleMania main event. Mm -hmm. I I think they almost
3: ran the risk because this was kind of the, the second Bianca Belair WrestleMania crowning moment two years back to back after having the Banks one and then the Becky one and you can have diminishing returns when you kind of do the same thing again but you didn't notice it in this match it, they like said, they said that they built it up to be very special they started the the story at SummerSlam and they paid it off at WrestleMania and I think that helped elevate that match to an extra level as well as the wrestling being great. Again, the atmosphere surrounding it and the circumstances involved in the match elevated it to that next level and it was it was a blowaway match. It was great.
1: I mean, Adam has said in his list of his favorite matches of the year that this is the best women's match in WrestleMania history and I'm inclined to agree with him. Like, it's this, it might be Sasha and Bianca, it might yeah. be the, the three-way at 32 or Asuka and Charlotte, mm-hmm. but this was such a just a so precise and finesse and everything. This was such a classic match. And I really like the analysis of it as well by Backup Hangman on Twitter, where he says that a year ago, like the two matches that you just talked about, the Sasha-Bianca match and then the Bianca-Becky match, they're so different in like subtle presentation differences of Bianca Belair, where the first match at 37, she she hasn't been there before. She kind of comes into it, she's... She's got full, she's full of like natural ability and everything, but she hasn't accomplished that much on the main roster. She won the Royal Rumble, but she hadn't been there. A year later, she is the star of the show, the Mm -hmm. big entrance. She's been there, she's proven it. She is Miss WrestleMania at that point. And it just to me really goes to show that even though I still think, that the Becky winning at SummerSlam in 20 seconds, whatever, was a booking faux pas. Mm -hmm. I would not have done that. There are other ways to get around getting the belt off of her and stuff. The journey... Getting choked up thinking about it. (laughs) The journey that Bianca Belair went on for that year really elevates her character, and it shows through in subtle storytelling in that match. And the match itself was just... Brilliant to me. I really, really loved it. It's my match of the weekend as well. Mm. Shout out to Backup Hangman. Shout
0: way. out to great follow. Great. That is a must Twitter follow, it's Backup Hangman. joint fourth hmm. with 31 points each MJF versus CM Punk from AEW Revolution it's on my list mm-hmm. arguably one of the most dramatic matches Loved it. in the entirety of 2022 tied with Sami Zayn versus Johnny Knoxville from <laughs> Wrestlemania yeah <laughs> Work great what's that <laughs> I was beyond thrilled when they tied. <laughs> like, yeah. I was really pleased to see Zayn and Knox in there. Because like, obviously I voted for yeah, it. Like, yeah, obviously. It got my full five points. No, yeah. mm-hmm. oh, no, it didn't get my full five. I think I got four. But I was like, I'm 100% putting this in my top yeah. five. So I was pleased to see it in the top five, in the top ten. But for it to tie with MGSC and Bunk, I was like, oh, that's even nicer. Hey man, they're both
3: drama-filled matches. <laughs> you won't Polar or opposite. <laughs> we won different
1: matches this year.
0: One of them is like a dog collar match that's built on like the most intense rivalry in AEW, and the other one features a giant hand <laughs> slapping Sammy's Zay that he somehow didn't see coming. Sammy's in a giant mouse trap. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Wee Man gives him the
3: Andre <laughs>
1: Slam.
0: Oh, it's the only... I love this so much. So we'll go into them individually. So MJF yes. CM Punk, 11 nominations, one top level. Maybe we should do Same Zay- Knoxville first. No, we'll do this. Yeah, so 11 nominations, one top level. Mm. It is, I mean, from... the The story was incredible anyway. And you had the... The double win by MJF in Chicago to build to this. Mm -hmm. You had all of, you had the MJF promo, the blood down the shirt, building onto this match, and so much of it was built around Punk's ROH work. So for Punk to then come out in his ROH gear Mm -hmm. to his ROH music, not that long before Tony Khan announced he'd bought Ring of Honor, it was like a real... It was an incredible moment. And then the two of them had a really, really special match. Mm -hmm. It was just after he'd bought Ring of
1: Honor. I thought it was in... Oh, is it just after? The the show where Tony says he bought Ring of Honor is the show where they did the blood down the shirt. Mm -hmm. Oh, you're absolutely right. For some reason, I thought
0: this was in February and that was in March, Mm -hmm. but I've
1: got them mixed up. You're absolutely right. So yeah, it was just after.
0: So yeah, uh, for, for me, this was an incredibly... Like, this is kind of ollie's point he was making in the 2022 wrestler of the year was that you take out brawl out and all of the the bad news about punk he would have been so much higher in the rankings for wrestler of the year because he did have a great first half outside of the injury as well certainly a great four-month stretch where he was just knocking out of the park every week and this for me is like the pinnacle Mm -hmm. of that knocking it out of the park yeah
1: january Uh to june like until Double or nothing, he is my wrestler of the year. Yeah.
0: yeah, That's fair. It's
1: a shame. It is a shame. I love this match. It was on my list. I don't remember exactly where I placed it, but this was one of my matches of the year. It, to me, was basically everything that I want out of a big blow-off match. You tied the stipulation. Like, a lot of the time, a stipulation might just be added on to it because it's like, yeah, let's do this stipulation. And it doesn't really matter for the storyline i the third FTR Briscoes match yeah it's just like well we're gonna do a dog collar match because these are two gritty tough teams and yeah. it works like it doesn't have to tie into a story but this one did and it goes that extra mile because it does tie back into cm punk and raven in ring of honor for the dog collar match and they tied it in with the promo with MJF saying that he was Roddy Piper yep. and and Punk saying like will you be my Valentine with the Roddy Piper Greg Valentine legendary dog collar match you, I think the Miseria Can't Tear Ring of Honor entrance on this show is like top two or three of my favorite entrances of all time just hearing the people in the crowd singing the song to him it's the slow realization mm-hmm. as well because everyone's waiting for the
0: but then that song starts playing and it's almost like this ripple effect through the crowd mm-hmm. where
1: everyone's like oh it's this yeah. <laughs> yeah. and he comes out with his ring of honor gear and I was—I, it was just everything that I wanted as a wrestling fan out of this feud this feud that had been so perfect it was everything that you wanted out of CM Punk's AEW run mm-hmm. going in with the highly emotional mm-hmm. storylines, going in there with somebody that he has a history with but is still young, so you get that sort of rub with him and a new guy in AEW. It's not rehashing old things, it's building upon things with one of the best matches of the year.
3: Yeah. And not to mention as well, that obviously MJF had the fake out of coming out to Punk's music and everyone goes, they're just going to play Punk's music again. And then they play the Ring of Honor one and it's, oh, what a moment. And not to mention
0: wardlow yeah. also in this match the what diamond a moment. the diamond ring turn oh, of him being like oh, brilliant i haven't got it, Lost it. oh this is oh, so yeah, weird is. yeah and then i've oh, got like, it i'll <laughs> just
3: leave it here it's it's a perfect combination of that like the 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 stipulation really playing into the match as well the really unique uses of the dog color in the match as well was great and then having the the payoff to it, the Wardlow turn, the very emotional, intense storyline going into it. This was a perfect payoff to a perfect story. It's, it's one of the best matches of the year, absolutely.
0: Tied with Sami Zayn and Johnny yep. Knoxville, which yep. was, I mean, okay. I know it's, it's my gimmick that I think the hardcore triple threat is the greatest mm. WrestleMania match of all time. Yeah. I don't know if this is just a gimmick. I genuinely think this is one of the greatest WrestleMania matches ever of Sami Zayn versus Johnny Knoxville. Not from work rate, but certainly from a sports entertainment perspective. Absolutely. It's hard not to be sports entertained by this. This is everything you would want from a a jackass match Mm -hmm. to promote a movie. Yeah. Like it had jackass stuff in it, it had jackass stars in it. It had big wacky bumps. The crowd was so, so into it. Like if this crowd had booed the entire thing, like it would have got over like a fart in a church. But this crowd got so into this. They laughed, they cheered, they cried, they hooped, they hollered. It was so, so entertaining. Mm-hmm. I have not laughed so much in a wrestling match. And the four, like I mean, there was a five of us doing the mm. WrestleMania live reactions, wetting ourselves laughing. Yeah, I I'm so thrilled it's made it into the top 10, three top level nominations as well it's the most fun i've had in a wrestling match this year outside of i'd say anything at clash of the castle yeah i was gonna say like it, when we're talking about viewing
3: experience yeah. of the match, this is my second favorite of the year got one more which we'll probably get on to later i assume um but for me like yeah just those live reactions and even though i'm not a huge fan of jackass this was really fun Probably because you were there, so you could explain all the bits I didn't get. That was but it. But just that viewing experience of us all just having a good time and laughing and and enjoying the wrestling that was in front of us—it is one of the best
0: times of the year for me. Just watching wrestling with some pals and having fun. It was for me. I mean, I was watching it with because it was me, you, Adam, and Andy that were on screen for that uh, that match. And I think yeah, that, that that I'm pretty sure right. it was the, that was the four of us. Yeah. Of the four, I'm the only one here that likes Jackass. Yeah. Because you don't like it, mm-hmm. Adam doesn't like it, and I don't think has ever watched it. Mm-hmm. And I Adam in particular did have his arms folded for you know the start of this match being like, this is not what I want from WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. By the end, all four of us were like on our feet, really having a good time. And I think that is a testament to how good this match is. Mm-hmm. It converted. People who were pretty down on the idea of Sami Zayn doing a comedy match at WrestleMania into being like, oh no, that's exactly what Sami should have been doing at WrestleMania. I would also say,
3: I think Johnny Knoxville did great in this match. And I think all the jackass guys did great in all their roles that they were supposed to do. Sami Zayn yep. is just... Yep one of the most versatile wrestlers in the world.
0: Absolutely.
3: Oh my God. Like his facial expressions to everything, his selling of all the stuff in the match was absolutely spot on to make you buy into that, to have that reaction of being able to laugh at him and be like, the selling of it was so good that we enjoy watching him getting beaten up by the stupid hand and the mousetrap. Like that's, (laughs) that's funny. And his selling of it makes it funnier. Like that, that is one of the biggest positives I can say of the match is Sami Zayn makes it.
0: Yeah that's it's why I, I go against all the people that say like oh sammy's only had a good second half of the year disagree mm-hmm. he's had a great year long run mm-hmm. ollie
1: <laughs> <laughs> sorry tempest
0: welcome to SmackAss. <laughs>
1: <laughs> welcome to SmackAss. still waiting for that shirt yeah. no i just think this match is a is truly exemplary of like there are there are very obviously different styles of matches in wrestling you get your your high work rate stuff you get your hardcore matches you know You will get comedy matches, lucha matches, strong style, technical, whatever you want to do. But if you reach a certain level of even a comedy match, it will break through into that upper echelon of matches Mm -hmm. of the whole year. Because look at the matches on this list. We just went through MJF and CM Punk in a dog collar match, covered in blood, thumbtacks, the whole deal. Highly personal, highly emotional And this gets the same amount of votes because it still gives people a completely different feeling watching wrestling than you get with that previous match. Absolutely, And one doesn't have to be better than the other. It's just wrestling being a variety pack, having a little bit for everybody. And you'll have something like, you know, a Will Ospreay match with whoever will be like the perfect version of that type of match. This is the perfect version of this type of match. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Didn't have to work, but they nailed it. And shout out to Sami Zayn.
0: In at number three, with 47 points, 12 nominations, four of which were top level, Briscoe's FTR2 mm-hmm. from Death Before Dishonour. Uh, I, now, I will say all the nominations for this did come in before the dog collar match mm-hmm. because we had to close nominations at, at a certain point, And unfortunately, the Ring of Honor show came out after that. So I don't know whether or not the recency bias would have put enough nominations across for that. But I think by this point... Everyone kind of already set in their mind that this was... The, and we would actually know that we were going to be getting that match until, like, very close to... Mm. I was saying it was like the week the, of the show. The week, of the, a week yeah. of the show. So I think this was always going to get the spot anyway, regardless of how good the dog collar match was. I thought Briscoe's FTR 1 was one of the best tag matches I'd ever seen. And, like, FTR just consistently keep having what I think is the best tag match I've ever seen. And then I could not believe how much they upped the game for the second one. And then again for the third one, because that was so bloody and brutal. Briscoe's FTR two, I think is my favorite of the three though. And it is just so great to see FTR just on this. And it's, it's the, you know, that frustrating aspect of like, man, I think AEW dropped the ball with them this year. Yeah. I, th- I think AEW could have done so much more with Dax and Cash this year. And they've done quite a bit with them but nowhere near the amount that they should be doing with them. Considering that their contracts are up in 2023 and they have talked quite publicly like, well, we may not re-sign because we may just take a year off from doing major promotions and just do the indies because we're having more fun on the indie scene. So I, if I'm Tony Khan, I am making a push to sign these guys for a much longer deal and then push them as my top tag team because they're the greatest tag team on the planet.
1: There's there's a lot of things that go... that. I have a lot of thoughts about FTR's run this year because I think it also is important to point out that they were very much derailed as well by the punk thing. I think Tony Khan has said that, that FTR's push during the summer was highly tied to CM Punk and yeah. getting injured. And like, well, there goes that whole idea. I'm certain we would have gotten some form of CM Punk and FTR versus the Elite. God, just... Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it can still happen. Yeah, well... <laughs> I'm holding out hope, but I tweeted out like around the time that FTR, I think won the IWGP tag titles or something like that. Maybe around the time of Briscoe's FTR one and just said like, listen, they're going to, their contracts are going to come due in a year, but the year they're about to have is going to put them in a completely different position now than they will be when that contract expires. And I'm slightly underwhelmed by what they have been able to do on TV. Mm-hmm. I still think they are by far and are going to get most people's votes for Tag Team of the Year. Absolutely. In various publications and stuff. Mm-hmm. Rightfully so, I think they are by far the Tag Team of the Year. But I don't know how you don't put the Tag Team of the Year on TV more often. I think that AEW has done a great job with
3: Dax Harwood this year. They have not done a great job with FTR. I think that that's they've fair. had some really good, like great Dax with singles matches, and the occasional FTR tag match that they've had been like cool. That's great. Do that more. I think FTR's year has been outstanding outside of AEW, and I think what they've done in AEW has been all right, which is really underwhelming for what they can do. And FTR Briscoes, all three of them, are examples as to why they are amazing. Yeah, not so, to the Aussie Open and the Aussie as well. Open match, absolutely uh, a royal
0: quest. Yeah. In at number two, right in mind that number three got 47 points. In at number two, with 71 points, 22 nominations, six top level, Cody Rhodes versus Seth Rollins from Hell in a Cell, the purple titty match. Yeah. And I think that is why this got as many nominations as it did, because it is one of those rare feats of human, like, I I, I don't quite know what the word is, but like human endurance Mm -hmm. to be like, how the hell did you wrestle this match like i remember when we did our hell in a cell review i was kind of down on the match and not only i I did enjoy the match but i had this whole the whole time i was sat there being like is this worth it Mm. is going through all of this really worth what you're doing because you could make everything so much worse you're already going to be out for a, a while Doing this match, a hell in a cell match with Captain Work Rate Seth Rollins, who is not gonna half-ass this, and Cody Rhodes is not gonna half-ass this either, you could make things ten times worse and make your recovery so much longer than it needs to be. Is this worth it? I think now, with the benefit of hindsight and the fact that it didn't, and it's his recovery is going as well as you know it would have done, regardless of the match. I think I can now say like. Maybe it was worth it, but I think at the time I really was like a Ooh, like I don't know if I would do this, Cody. Yeah. But you look at the plaudits that he got after the match of like every wrestler standing up and being like, "Oh damn! Like mm. that is that is a performance right there." Yeah. He wrestled this thing with half of his tits missing. Mm. Like he, it is an incredible. I mean, brave. Gutsy, courageous, stupid, courageous, like all of Mm. these words, performance. And it actually added to a lot of the drama of the match as well. Well, that's the thing. A, a
3: lot of times when you're looking at the psychology of a wrestling match and someone goes into it injured and they've got taped ribs or, you know, they've got their shoulder taped up and then it gets worked over in the match. It's telling a story as part of the match and you're giving them a handicap into the match. Except this one's real. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And then you watch it, you go, oh my God, Cody, please stop. And it just allows you to buy into the, the psychology of that match and Cody's injury, which once again was real uh just to, uh, allows an extra huge element to this match that you would not otherwise have because this was the third match that cody yeah. and seth had had and i think people were like why are they doing a third one cody's probably gonna win again Ugh, we, we were like... done
0: with this feud by this point
3: and ww's track record of hell in a cell matches isn't fantastic yeah. so people probably like it probably isn't gonna be that great like i'm sure both of them are very good wrestlers and they put on two good matches i'm sure it'd be a good match but like do we really need to see a third one man this i would argue this is gonna be a weird sentence to say cody's injury saved the match (laughs) (laughs) cody getting injured is what made this match yeah but man that injury just added like an unparalleled amount of gravitas to this match that you would not otherwise have had
0: the reveal Mm -hmm. the reveal of it it it
3: and the the crowds inhale and gasp as they all sort of (gasps)
1: It's one of the most genuine reactions mm-hmm. in WWE history. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely.
0: Adam and Sullivan, because they did the live reactions to the mm. show. It's amazing because they were just like, "There's no way he's actually wrestling if that's real." Yeah, that has to be makeup. Yeah, and it's not like it is a mm-hmm. genuine thing. And then uh, so much of Seth's offense is targeted on that. Yeah, t- like,
1: yeah. It is. It is mad. It's. Because I I go back to a lot of what you were saying, Luke, where is this worth it? Whatever. And I know at the time I was like, I'm not going to be the one to say whether you should or shouldn't wrestle hurt and this and that and the other thing. And I guess like at some point you just you have that conversation and now is as good a time as any about whether this was a smart thing or not. And I am not going to be the one that says that wrestlers should work hurt or should work through an unbelievable amount of pain if it's avoidable. But if you're going to, this is the type of match that will immortalize you, like, forever. This is the first Hell in a Cell match in I don't even know how long that felt like it truly made somebody. And somebody that didn't need that much help to be made, but has now put someone on a pedestal that you cannot knock them off of. I just look at this match, and like what you said, like, you can make this so much worse And it's not so much – I heard a lot of people say like, oh, well, it's as torn as it's going to get. You're not going to make that injury worse. But it's not so much that as it is when you're working hurt, you work different and you don't work your polished, well-practiced wrestling style where you're going to bump the same and you're going to land the same and you're going to do moves the same way. All of a sudden, because you're trying to protect the side of your body, maybe then you hurt the other side of your body or you try and land on your feet with your disaster kick and you roll your ankle or whatnot. It puts you in a much more difficult position than you would have otherwise. But these guys did it. They did a perfect match. And I think that real is the perfect word to describe this because to me, watching wrestling feels the best when it feels real. And in a moment like this, there's no way to make it feel not real because you're looking at it. I can see the injury with my own eyes. It was just a masterful performance. And there was a time when Seth Rollins had a a label as being unsafe, really took care of Cody in this match. They did a fantastic job working together. And it was one of the best matches of the year, one of the best WWE matches of all time. Mm.
0: And in at number one, (laughs) 85 points, surely. 24 nominations, yeah. seven of which were top level. Mm-hmm. Cody and Seth were actually number one for quite a while. Mm. Gunther versus Sheamus yeah. from WWE Clash at the Castle. My match of the year. Yeah, and and probably mine too. only mm-hmm. from a WWE, like, I think this was my favorite WWE match of the year, mm-hmm. hands down. Watching these two just beat the absolute piss. Hiss out of each other this was a match that i think that that really kick-started that sheamus renaissance that we've had for the second half of, of 2022 absolutely and has completely revitalized the brawling brutes and reestablished established as this guy who just goes out there and just has banging matches and him and walter just having the match you always wanted sheamus and walter to have mm-hmm. It was the like you mentioned earlier. It's like you know, uh, Sammy Zayn and Johnny Knoxville was the perfect example of that match. Mm. For me, there's I think this is the perfect example of this match. Yeah, two tough bastards, you know, beating the absolute tar out of each other. The chops from Walter, the clobbering blows from Sheamus. This is like as 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 real as wrestling mm. gets. It's one of those matches where you're watching. It's like, do these lads know that wrestling? <laughs> <works?" Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and I. I'm so pleased it was the number one match of Mm -hmm. this year because I think it is a well, well well-deserved match of the year. And for me, that viewing experience once again.
3: We had our Clash of the Castle watch party. It was the first watch party that we've done. It is my favorite thing I've done this year is the watch party. It was absolutely such a good time. And I think this was this and the main event were like the two peaks of everyone in attendance being on the same page of wanting to watch this match and being into everything that they did. Being part of that crowd having a little bit of alcohol in my system too, <laughs> and being part of that crowd that everyone just wanted to, to watch this match and watch these guys just beat the piss out of each other. Not to mention you had Giovanni Vinci coming back right before the match That's starts, and right. everyone goes, hey, Imperium! The, the big Imperium reunion. Everyone's like, yes, this, this match is going to be so great. And this is one of those matches where you have stuff like mjf punk where you have this really intense emotional story this one is like these are two wrestlers would you like to see them fight and everyone goes yes please <laughs> and that's all the match was was these two guys they want to fight for the title, do you want to watch it? yeah alright they're just going to slap each other and hit each other the whole time and that's all you need to do, it was so good It, like you said, the perfect example of this kind of match it's, spot on,
0: I think it's also the match that Gunther needed yep. mm. on the main roster because yes. he hadn't really been Walter up until that point. Like we have, the stuff he we was seeing in NXT UK and on NXT where, you know, he had to get the off match and everything like that. you we were like, oh yeah, like that's that's the Walter we want to see. Like mm-hmm. Walter bait, Walter Dunn, Walter off. You're like, okay, that's the Walter you want to see in the main roster. But he never really got that under Vince because, well, as reports go, Vince was ready to give up on him. Vince was ready to bury him. Vince is out of the picture. Triple H has taken over and Triple H is like, oh no, because i know what to do with this lad and that is just put walter on the main roster mm-hmm. and he put him on the main roster and he put this match on and it was the match that i think a lot of people suddenly like oh i get it now mm-hmm. this is why people liked walter for so many years because we every time we nominated him it was like rest of the year people were like i don't get it mm-hmm. because they didn't see a lot of the work he was doing this for me now is like this was his coming out party for the wwe main roster
1: yeah this I think when you have a match that you described where everybody is like, yes, we want to see this match mm-hmm. and then it's given to us, it's very easy for that match to under deliver. Mm. But this was the perfect example of them going like, hey, you know that match that everyone's been saying like, oh, they should really do Walter and Sheamus The Clash of the Castle. That'd be really cool. It's like, we're going to do that and then it meets and surpasses everyone's expectations. Oh, yeah. It's one of the best matches of the year. I think there is a strong argument that you could make that this is the best WWE main roster match of all time. Do you
0: know, I mean, I I don't I, I was trying to think of an uh, anything I could say above that, but I think certainly for this type of match, there isn't one better.
1: It's in the conversation, certainly, at the yeah. very least, in the conversation. And to have that level of reverence It it was always going to play as high on this list. It was, to me, whether it was going to be this or the Cody and Seth match or whatnot. But what a match. I think this was the perfect coming out party for Walter. I don't think that he had that first real big main roster match like we had seen in NXT. And he needed it desperately and has had it. And since then... Every time you see Walter on TV, you know you're going to get something special. Oh, yeah. Even if it is just kind of like a not throwaway match, but kind of an impromptu match with Kofi Kingston like there was a few mm. weeks ago, it's still like, well, going to see Walter wrestle on TV, That's that's pretty cool. This is going to be better than what we would see otherwise. And it was just so perfect. Yep. It was exactly what everyone wanted. And for a company that for so long made such a point of being like, oh, we're going to dangle the thing that you want in front of you <laughs> and then rip it away from you. This was just, I think, one of the matches and the show in total that really gave Triple H a lot of goodwill mm. during oh, yeah. those early going months of his reign here where it's just like, we are going to dangle the thing that, that you want in front of you. No, actually, you can have it and it's perfect and it's exactly what you wanted. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Match uh, of the year, match of the year for me as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It got my my uh, five
3: points in this nomination. It's absolutely spot on. Uh, as a fun little fact for you guys as well, uh, if uh, Gunther makes it to December thirtieth. As the Intercontinental Champion, he will become the longest rating IC champ of the last like ten years, eleven years. Uh, uh, the last one was Cody Rhodes' run in 2011. Yeah, I was know, about to say go back to Cody, losing to get to the big show, 236 like, days or something like that. WrestleMania,
0: <laughs> like, baby! Woo! WrestleMania, baby! Woo! yeah because yes. <laughs> like nakamura had it for a long ass yeah, time that, yeah that's been, who he's surpassing but but never defended it no exactly <laughs> it was like dean ambrose with the u.s
3: title but i don't know what they're going to do with cody when he comes back probably roman but if he doesn't win the belts off roman i think it would be cool to have gunther versus cody rhodes oh, that, that with
0: that his recovering tit
3: yeah, and, he, and, he, and he chops him on the tit
0: Oh, that's great storytelling. I mean, you're not he
3: wrong. I see would like, "Oh, you just passed my brain. it's oh, good.
0: Some people said this in the uh, in the the best wrestler of the year. I was surprised that Gunther was not in the conversation uh, mm, in yep. our, our top, not even in our top fifteen. In fact, he didn't yeah. actually get that many nominations. I was just, where, how many nominations did he get? Not many at all. Uh, I think if he continues this main roster run, he is going to be in the conversation next yeah. year. Maybe not number one. He's certainly going to be in that top 10 because he'll be on pay-per-views. He'll be on SmackDown on a regular basis. He's going to have a lot of exposure
1: next year. Yeah. I think if he can keep this up. I mean, Sheamus made it onto the list last, uh, for, for this year, and I would I would put Walter above Sheamus personally, mm. just considering, you know, not to discount Sheamus or whatever, but Sheamus has had, like, the two matches with Walter and the War Games match, and Walter has had the two matches with Sheamus, and many more Intercontinental title matches since then. So, like, I think he's already there. I was surprised he wasn't on the list this year. Next year, I would almost call it a lock unless there's some sort of unforeseen circumstances. Mm. Particularly if the
0: rumors are true, and it is him versus Brock at Mania. (laughs) 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 It's what I've always wanted, Luke! If it's him versus Brock at Mania, like... That's still my beating heart. A year later, we're doing this list. Yeah, I'll tell yeah, you what's yeah. going to be
1: at number one. Oh, yeah.
0: You want to talk about, like, we said, like, oh, you know, Gunther versus Sheamus, like, oh, yeah, that's the match that everyone wants to see, like, and you said, like, a delivering on expectations. Brock and Walter, man. Oh, God. God, that, I that, that has got some heady expectations. Yep. <laughs> it's oh, so to, good!
3: Can you imagine oh, but, Gunther just manhandling Lesnar? But, but what
1: if it's what if it's Brock Ambrose? No, <laughs> no. But <laughs> no. see, that's the thing. You you got to go into it with that that. Fear that yeah, it might, yeah, that it yeah, might yeah, not yeah. deliver. Of, of which brock are we getting here? You yeah. got to go into it thinking, oh, maybe it's not going to be good because then your expectations will be smashed even yeah, more.
3: Exactly. Is it going to be a case of all big boy, or is it going to be a case of ah, I don't want to do this? Yeah,
0: just a couple of Germans, net five. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's all she wrote. Oh man, oh, this would be so good. But we'll we'll cross that bridge if and when we get to it in Please. next year's video, perhaps, because that has been our matches of the year according to Rust Talk for twenty. 2022. Thank you all so much for watching. If you've made it this far and you haven't already, please do press the subscribe button. Give this video a little thumbs up. Leave a comment down below. Tell us what your favorite match of the year was. What do you think is the best match of 2022? We have got the best pay-per-views coming up next in our award season. And then next week will be our worst awards as we have worst match and worst pay-per-view as well. Include as well as the best of WrestleTalk 2022, which will go out next Tuesday. Thank you all so much for watching. I've been Luke Owen. That has been Chop Pete Quinnell. That has been Tempest. Jam that jam.